Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon. What's going on, everybody? Eric Franson. Eric! AJ Knight, AJ Salveson. Appreciate you guys helping me out the last hour. Always. Always happy to oblige. Uh, and uh, as much as we tried, AJ has still found his way to be on the air, even though he's <laughs> hanging out in his pajamas on his couch, wrapped in a Snuggie. Hey, Eric, I got a question. Can I stay at your St. George mansion that you have? Um <laughs> <laughs> that you and Mr. Franson built so I can go hang out there. We know what it's like to to get paid to just go be in St. George and, you know, do nothing. Yeah, if you yeah, if you know how that works, let me know. I'd, I'd love to participate <laughs> in that program, too. <laughs> oh, shoot. Uh, Eric, welcome back. Good to have you. Big thanks to AJ for helping us out, um, despite I couldn't hear him for the first 30 minutes 30 or whatever minutes. it was. That, how's that any different than any other time anyone's on air with No, no, don't, don't. Okay, don't, don't get all offended <laughs> with true. me because you sat there and teased me that Le'Veon Bell is going to the Patriots and I, then told me that he's I going did, to the freaking Chiefs. I did not say that. Actually, before well, I we, remember it something like that. <laughs> before we go over the NFL, we should ask Eric a question and we had our texters answer. Oh, yeah. Who would you rather have as a coach, Jeff Van Gundy or Mark Jackson? Oh, Jeff Van Gundy. Wow. Thank you. I can't stand this place. <laughs> Mark Jackson, I can't stand him when he does uh, television because he he offers no substance. Yeah, but I mean that doesn't mean he's a terrible coach. I think the well, game passed Van Gundy. You, it's a it's a window to how this guy sees the game. Yeah, he's maybe. not analyzing the game like how he was in position and how this play developed. It's he drove with authority. That's all he says. Well, don't you? Don't it's you, not how you drive; it's how you yeah, arrive. That's my, that was, what does that mean? That was my problem with Gruden. Is Gruden loved everybody, and they said the reason was he didn't want to make anyone mad because he knew eventually he was going to go back to coaching. I think Van Gundy's like, I don't care, coaching or not. I'm telling it like it is. Same thing with Barkley; he doesn't care. Barkley doesn't care. Now, I, I think that uh, so it's Jeff Van Gundy or Stan? I guess both of them are actually being Yeah, so Stan's positions. going for the Pelicans job. Jeff Van Gundy's interviewing for the Houston Rockets job. Where he was before, right? He was he spent yep, time. Yeah, he was there. there. Yeah, Mean, Tracy McGrady, he had that group. Uh, I guess uh, there's news today Daryl Morey stepping away from Houston as their Yeah, how about that? Hey, well, you know AJ and I were talking about this. Eric, I want to get your thoughts too with with Daryl stepping away. Do they maybe transition to a different way of basketball? For example, does Russell Westbrook get traded? Well, I think it depends on who the head coach is. Uh, I think just because, well, there's a lot of change with Houston. They're, they will not be the same type of offense. Uh, there's going to be a different head coach philosophy. There's going to be a different front office philosophy. Um, I think that they're – there may be still a way to for uh, James Harden and Russell Westbrook to coexist, but I think it's going to be different than what we've seen it the last several years. Hmm. But I'm surprised okay. that that position is still open. That hasn't. Me been- too. Me too. I'm shocked. Absolutely, I'm with you on that one. What What surprises you more that hasn't been filled yet, Indiana or Houston? Yo, yo. AJ, what do you think? Well, Houston doesn't have a GM, so I guess it makes sense because, look, the the GM-coach combo doesn't work, so I guess it depends on who the GM is. And I wonder, I mean, could the Daryl Morey thing be like ownership was like, all right, 
this is this is not working. We tear apart Joe Moore. He's like, no, we need to win. He's like, all right, I'm leaving then because they're disagreeing. I because Indiana position's been open longer. Yeah, man, that's tough. Is it one of those things where like it's free agency with players where you're waiting to see because like Tyron Lue was kind of the top guy. So you're waiting to see where he goes, and then all the other dominoes will fall in place. Is that what it maybe was? Could be. So Tyron Lue's going to the Clippers. Is yeah, that where that's yeah. development. Yep. Yeah, correct. And I think that's a that's a good move. But yeah, yeah what happens with New Orleans? What happens with Indiana? And what happens with Oklahoma City? And I guess in Houston still, there's still those four vacancies. But uh, to be honest, I'm surprised that Indiana is still open. Do we? Yeah. Do we give too much credit to that team? Do we not need to be talking to that about that team's dysfunction like we often talk about other teams that, be, that are dysfunctional? I mean, they usually are kind of a playoff team, but they never go anywhere. No, they're the new age Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> they're gonna make <laughs> That's a it good comparison. and do nothing. Uh, yeah, I mean, because the thing is, if you read any of the offseason stuff, that's what it talks about. They're like, what are the Pacers going to do? Do they trade Miles Turner? Because Miles Turner and uh, who's the forward they got from Oklahoma City? Um, oh, he was just an all-star. Victor Oladipo? No, the the big guy, the white guy, uh, the forward. <laughs> I can't think of his name. Oh, the, uh, the, the guy from Lithuania? Yeah. Sabonis? Yes. Because they're Sabonis plays better as a stretch five, so they can't really play Turner and, and them. And then they drafted another big guy, so they seem to develop talent. Because Oladipo seemed like a kind of a lost cause when he got there, and they became an all star. But you know, you can you can develop talent, but you need superstars to win. So, I, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. They would seem like someone like the the Bulls or the Knicks who like we're not going to get the top guy. So they would seem like they would have a shorter list of candidates that were more realistic. Yeah, I'm just surprised that we haven't seen a hire there yet. Uh, I don't really know what they're looking for, who they're who they're waiting for to be available, unless they've got somebody targeted either on the Miami staff or the Lakers staff. Ooh, interesting. Jason, the Kidd. Lakers staff would be interesting. Yeah, Jason Kidd may be a possibility. I hope, dude. You, you you don't want kid to be coaching your team. I completely agree. <laughs> He's bad. Like, as bad as Mark Jackson is, I would take Mark Jackson <laughs> with Jason Kidd. Uh, yeah, so obviously the order's Jeff Van Gundy, A.J. Knight, A.J. Salveson's combo team, every college Division three coach, then Mark Jackson, and then every high school hockey coach to coach your basketball team, and then Jason Kidd. Well, we kind of talked about this maybe a few weeks ago, but hasn't the role of a head coach in the NBA just really changed? I, I think it was really evident with the um, the hire in Brooklyn, and uh, now all of a sudden his name slipped in my mind. Steve Nash. Steve Nash, thank you. See his face. Um, where people really questioned, well, he doesn't have a lot of coaching experience. So how does he know X's and O's? Like, it, But that's what your, your assistant coaches, that's what your bench is for, your bench coaches. Uh, you got one guy that can focus on offense, one guy that can focus on defense, one guy that focuses on bigs, one guy who focuses on guards. The head coach just tries to manage the personalities yeah. of your stars. Yeah. So is the is the role of the head coach changed and p- the people we normally think of as being a prototypical, quote-unquote, good head coach maybe is different in today's NBA? Well, that's what Ajay and I were talking about because that's what I said with Tyron Lue. Because Ajay asked me if I if I thought the work if the hire was going to work, and to me, I, I I can't I don't know because it seems like you've had this 
transition into more coaches that were former players, and I know that it's always been alluded to that NBA, NBA especially seems to have more respect in terms of coaching hires to those players that have been there, done that. Um, but the only way to see to be, I guess, to not be a player is if you come in with a, you know, I guess a track record. And I, that maybe that's just dying out now because maybe there's not going to be another Popovich because even uh, Phil Jackson was a former player. Uh, I don't know. I don't think Brooklyn's going to win anything. I don't know. I don't think it's actually going to have anything to do with Steve Nash. I think his two-star players, much like the Clippers, are not going to be able to carry the team there. But, yeah, I think I think it has transitioned. It's about managing egos and making sure that they listen to the assistants probably in the crunch time when it's like, this is what we got to do. Well, look at the coaches that were in the NBA Finals here just recently, Frank Vogel and Eric Spolstra, two guys who started out their coaching careers in the film room. Yeah, cutting up tape and just running videos, and they were just basketball junkies, and eventually just kind of grew from there. They didn't, they weren't former players in the NBA, but they were just junkies that were around it and just put their nose to the grindstone and figured it out and and learned along the way. So, uh, and certainly they have respect in the league, but they've had to earn that respect in a little different way than perhaps a former player stepping in. Is there well, and, and Quinn Snyder is another great addition to this. Like Quinn Snyder started at Duke, right, and then uh, and then came into the coaching league, but started from the bottom and had to work his way through. After the whole Missouri uh, University of Missouri incident that he had, um, you know, he was kind of banished to the to the darkness for a while. Ended up coaching G League and, uh, underneath uh, Greg Popovich for uh, the San Antonio G League team. Did really well there. Coached in uh, Russia for a while. Coached in Russia there for a, a long time. Was on the uh, bench for the Hawks and the Lakers during Kobe Bryant's last years. And then, uh, I guess, mid-between years, but toward the latter part of his career. Um, and now is finally a head coach at Utah where he's doing great things. So he's another one. Had to work his way up in a, a different way. But, I mean, start from the ground up. So there's that. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Vogel, what system? He came up as an assistant for, for Phil, didn't he? Isn't that where he started? Or am I wrong? He, no, I don't think he was an assistant for Phil, was he? For um, Phil, I, mean? I don't remember him being in a Phil Jackson I system. I would have to look that up. Um, so I, he was uh, So he was an assistant from 0-1 to 0-4 with Boston, an assistant with the Sixers for a season, four years with the Pacers, Actually, excuse me. Yeah, four years with the Pacers, then was the head coach of the Pacers for five years, two years with the Magic, and now is with the Lakers. Okay, so I, I, I'm i not sure what to – his process, I think, is a little bit – for the Spolster one, I think, is a case of he got validation by uh, 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 O'Reilly. O'Reilly put the stamp on him and said, this guy, because there's plenty of stories. LeBron wanted him gone, and, and, Pat, and O'Reilly, Pat O'Reilly was like, no, no, no this guy. And then yeah. he was not a, he couldn't go anywhere, and then he proved his merit. And so that one, I think the, the, there's the long road, or maybe if you're an assistant of someone, they could put a stamp on you, so to speak. But it seems like if you're if you're not a former player, you're quickly going to run out of NBA coaching jobs. Yeah, I guess that's true. And I, I think that I think one of the other things too is that what we're seeing is uh, there is a movement um, to. I, I think the Frank Vogel, Eric Spolstra thing, those are anomalies. Yeah. I, I think they stand out on the fringes because I think what we're seeing more and more of is the these players who turn coaches. Um, a lot of these guys now uh, were former coaches – or excuse me, were former players, and so there's that – can you command the respect of, of your locker room? Yes. I mean, this is the Steve Nash thing. Can you 
relate to, can you communicate to your stars? And can they uh, understand who you are and what you're trying to come from? And so if a former player probably has a little better chance of achieving that, at least more quickly. Yes. I think somebody yes. that was came up through the coaching ranks may have an opportunity to still do that, but it probably takes longer. Yeah, they got to go the long way, like you said, with Quinn Snyder. I mean, and I, I, the players have always been there because uh, the Dallas coach is a great example. He was a player on some of those great Boston Celtics teams. It just took yeah. him forever to finally become the coach, and he's obviously very well respected. But yeah, I, I think they're. You're, you're right. I should amend my statement. There will be coaching jobs for not former players. It's just going to take you a long time to it's get there. It's a longer road. Yeah, true. That's uh, true. So, uh, but I think this Daryl Morey stepping aside thing is pretty significant. In yes. addition to them not having a head coach, uh, he says that he's going to stay on as an advisory role until they do find a new head coach. Hmm. But I think it really signals that Houston is has tried a certain style for several years now and have decided it's not working. It's time to go in a different direction. So can I ask you, Eric, what is that style? Because I'm still trying to figure it out. Like they went from having a dominant, a dominant big man, not one of the most dominant in the league, but still a dominant big man in Clint Capella to giving him away, playing small ball and then getting roasted for it. So what was Daryl Morey's style? I think his style uh, was, look, we're going to run analytics uh, we're going to just do what the analytics tell us, that either shoot a three or a layup. And if you can't make yourself available, if you can't develop into a player that can do that, then it doesn't really make sense to have you on the team. And so That's they're looking at the numbers point. that, look, you can get more points for a three-point shot than you can a two-point shot, so we're just going to chuck up threes. Uh, but if you're not going to do that, you have to attack the rim and get layups. Uh, and if you can't do one of those other one of those things, then there's not a place for you really on the roster. No, that's a great point. In fact, I never thought about the analytic thing of him. He was extremely big into that, huge into it, probably to an annoyance of Mike D'Antoni and the crew uh, about the analytics. That, and he was very vocal about analytics and how it helped his team become better, even though they couldn't ever get past the Western Conference Finals into the NBA Finals despite the talented roster they actually had. Yeah. Um, where I think that team has the biggest questions of, of anybody in the offseason uh, because you've got um, two former MVPs. You've got uh, guys with some pretty big egos, but the guys who know each other and have proven that they can play together. Um, but uh, that whoever that new coach is, whatever that uh, front office uh, direction is going to look like, um, it's going to be very interesting because that Houston team has had success. I mean, they make to the playoffs. They go deep into the playoffs every year for the last four or five years. And uh, one of the teams with the, the, the longest streak into the playoffs currently in the NBA. So uh, there's going to be a lot of demands and expectations on whomever takes those positions for Houston. Hey, another question. AJ and I were talking about this. Chris Paul, uh, a veteran point guard. I'm sure he's going to be wanted by some teams. But – I mean, is it realistic to take on that gruesome of a contract? AJ, do you remember the numbers on that? Uh, he actually just had to step out for just a second. Okay. Yeah, so uh, the, I mean, the numbers were ugly, if I remember right, for for uh, for the contract of Chris Paul. Is that an attractive – I mean, look, he's a great veteran leader. He just led the Oklahoma City Thunder into the playoffs. But does the contract scare you away? 
Yeah, AJ, what did you say that the contract situation was for Chris Paul? 41, I think this year, 44 next year. Oh, my gosh. At a, somebody oh. his age, yes, I would be absolutely scared. Okay, okay. Uh, probably get him through this year, and then I think he would be an attractive trade offer next year big because he'd have a big, contract. fat, expiring contract. Mm. But I, I don't know. I would be surprised if it, – well, it'll be hard for the, the Thunder to trade him. Um, I know they want to try to develop this young team, and they've got a lot of young you know, uh, draft picks yep. in their disposal. Uh, but they may also may not just use those to draft a lot of new young guys. They may use those as, as, as trade opportunities too, either to move up in the draft or to get somebody that they want in, in the, uh, instead of free agency. They'll use that to go get the guys that they need. So there may be some package deals there where Oklahoma City says, look, we'll give you Chris Paul – and one of our first-round picks. In exchange, this is the type of player we need with this squad that we currently have. Yeah, they may not be done dealing either. I, I don't know if you guys have talked about it, but one of the big popular rumors is that uh, obviously Miami, uh, one of the things they need is a stretch four, so Gallinari's been tied to that team. I wouldn't be surprised to see them do like a sign-in trade because a lot of people think they're going to one-year deal, sign a one-year deal with um, Dragic. And so a sign-in trade would let Miami wait and fit that in obviously with the way the cap rules work, so they may not be done getting picks. Do you think Chris Paul and Jimmy Butler could coexist? No. They're ah, very similar mentalities. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm with Eric. That I think could yeah, be a dude. really interesting wait, 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 But you're talking about talents, you guys. You weren't talking about personality. Like, whole personality thing. Come on. Jimmy Butler was just finally starting to get along with all the friends at his playground, okay? You don't want to freaking bring in some other new guy on the block who thinks he owns everybody because he's the biggest kid in guards of age or whatever, statutory or, or uh, prestige. You don't, don't mess that up. Like, you have a good thing going with the Heat. Don't bring something in to mess it up. I, I disagree wholeheartedly with Ajay because they said the reason that Jimmy didn't want to wasn't in Miami is they weren't mentally tough enough. So he went to Philly and then they didn't take it serious enough. So that's why he was done there. They said that's the reason Lob City blew up in LA is because Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan didn't take it serious enough. So they got sick of Chris Paul. It's the same reason they got upset in Houston is because James Harden didn't take it seriously enough. And Chris Paul's like, I'm here to win. Now, they could obviously grind on each other because maybe their methods, their end result, or the process to get to the end result is different. But I'm with Eric. Their mentality is the exact same to me. Th- those are two guys cut from the same cloth. Yes. So the, the question is, are those two magnets that oppose each other or are they two magnets that complement each other? Could you oh, imagine dude. if they were going the same way? No, it's not going to work. That is that is such a horrible decision <laughs> to take Chris Paul on the Miami Heat. Oh, no. Well, the other no. thing is, too, the other argument for your case for Chris Paul to Miami is look what Chris Paul did with the young team in Oklahoma City. Miami's yeah, but that's because he was the big dog. That's because he owned the playground. If he goes to Miami, he doesn't own the playground. Jimmy Butler does. Chris Paul ain't going to be good with that. There's two uh, alphas. I... I don't know that that's entirely true. I think that the reason they butted heads the the second year in Houston is because uh, he was tired of watching them go down in flames without him having a say in it. I think he came to Houston knowing that he was going to play second fiddle. It's not like he went to Houston and thought I was going to be number one. It's James Harden's team. I think that Chris Paul is okay being number two as long as either they win or if they're going to go down, he's going to get a fair shake to have a chance to alter the the results. But But he won't. 
He won't, dude. Tyler Hero has, I, I mean, he's also big in, I mean, over there now. Uh, Bam Bam is a big presence over there. He ain't going to be number two. He's going to be, like, number four, five. And he, but you still think he'll be okay with that? Yes. Oh, that's unreal. I think that is I, I think he'll be. I, I, I think he'll be number two. And oh, my gosh. He will be number two. He would be number two. No, oh, oh, but by Bam Bam? You think Bam Bam's going to be like, okay, yeah, I'll take a step aside. I think Bam will play his role and do his thing. I don't think it's necessarily like competing against each other for minutes or the same position on the court. Didn't they? The, the constant talking point was that the Heat were a team. They didn't care who scored. They just wanted to win. Okay, great. So what are you going to do about Goran Dragic? I mean, tell me. I, he's coming off a plan just so it makes the, it, that's a factor. Would you rather have Chris Paul or Goran? I'd rather have Chris Paul. I think I would too. Oh, dude. That's just... <laughs> Goran was an afterthought until this year in Miami. Yeah, he had a resurgence this year, absolutely. Great. Chris Paul was an afterthought in Houston because James Harden was there. Yeah, James Harden is a ball-dominant guard. Chris Paul was an afterthought. And Jimmy Butler is a ball-dominant guard. No, no, no. Look, Jimmy is from the Bulls. Jimmy can win in a lot of ways. I'm not going to let you besmirch him that way. (laughs) Jimmy Butler was (laughs) ball-dominant in the the, uh, NBA Finals because he had to be. That. During the regular playoffs, be. he wasn't. During the regular playoffs, it, Goran Dragic led the team in scoring in one of the series. Bam Adebayo led the team in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals in scoring. So uh, there are different guys on that team that led, and Jimmy Butler didn't have to be ball dominant. He only had to be ball dominant in the finals because Goran Dragic was not available. Yes. So he was the guy initiating the offense. Look, that team loves Goran Dragic. They, that team loves and adores Goran Dragic. You think, and I'm, I'm being dead serious, you think that team's going to be like, yeah, we'd love to get rid of Goran Dragic for Chris Paul, who's 65 years old, um, and is going to come in and think that this is his offense. And, like, and dude, he's so impatient with his own teammates. We've seen him yell at guys. So's Butler. Mo- huh? So's Butler. Yeah, so's. So, dude, you, this isn't going to work. You're describing Jimmy Butler this isn't gonna or Chris work. Paul. They gonna, got this, this isn't going to work. Okay. There's no way. If this isn't going to work, gets me to the NBA Finals, I'll take this isn't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, better than Boston. Hey, here's a question for you. We're talking about coaches. Brad Stevens on the hot seat? Yes, no. absolutely. You don't think so? No. Yeah. I think he's got to be getting close. To me, personally, a lot of that team's shortcomings for this, and I've written about this, is age. Because it's the same reason the Dodgers annoy me. You have all these assets, and you're like, we could go for the championship, but nah, let's see. <laughs> they, AD, Kawhi, Paul George, Chris Paul. I mean, there's the superstars they could have acquired would have been – it's it, it, they had an all-star team they could have gotten, and it wouldn't have cost them much in terms of their overall assets. And they're like, nah, and yet again, not the finals. I think they got to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, but they did that without Kyrie Irving the one year. True. They got to Game 7 in that one against LeBron. (laughs) This is true. Granted, that was King James and four cadavers, but still, they got there. (laughs) All right, we got to take a timeout here on the Full Court Press. Uh, Love to get your thoughts on on the discussion today. (laughs) Chris Paul to Miami. Can Chris Paul and Jimmy Butler coexist? Someone give me a hell no! Uh, also coming up a little bit later on, we got our pick six. We're going to do uh, instead of three lines from AJ and myself, we'll do two each: oh, two from me, no. two from AJ, two from AJ. 
Uh, and uh, we'll see, kind of preview some of the things that are coming up this weekend, an update on what's going on right now in Major League Baseball playoffs, and an update on 4A girls soccer playoffs as well. we got those scores from yesterday. We'll update you who advances, where those games are being played, Stick around. It's on the Full Court Press. New Horizons Beauty College loves having USU students in town. In fact, they offer 15% student discounts Tuesday through Thursday. They also offer senior and military discounts. The students at New Horizons Beauty College are trained in all the latest trends and techniques. Plus, New Horizons has great prices on the products to help you maintain that new look. All services performed by students and closely supervised by licensed instructors. New Horizons Beauty College, 550 North Main in Logan. This is Ryan at My Mattress. I had a friend text me the other day saying how happy he is that he bought a new mattress last month. He, like the rest of us, are spending a lot more time at home. You may even be listening to this radio ad on your mattress at home, even if it is 2 o'clock in the afternoon. No judgment here. We're practicing all safe guidelines, and we're open all day, every day but Sunday. The deals have never been better. More than ever, isn't it time to sleep exceptionally? Only at my mattress by the South Walmart. Building a signature landscape requires design and expertise. Canyon Landscaping offers both. They've been creating, building, and maintaining landscapes for over 20 years. With a combined 100 years of management experience, their in-house landscape architecture team designs and manages each job with experienced installers who ensure a signature project. Are you ready for the yard you've always wanted? Don't wait. 752-3838 or go to CanyonLandscaping.com. Canyon Landscaping. Look for the leaf. They're celebrating 30 years at the Logo Shop. They logo everything from pens and water bottles to travel bags and coolers. It's also the season to get your order in for the holidays. The Logo Shop will custom screen print or embroider your logo on shirts, jackets, and other outerwear. You can even browse their inventory and get price quote online at welogostuff.com. The Logo Shop. The Logo Stuff. The Logo Shop. Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL. Two AFC East foes collide in South Florida as the Miami Dolphins host the New York Jets. Hi, this is Chris Carino. Join Brian Bulger and me for all the action. Can Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins build an impressive win out west, or will the Jets jumpstart their season against their division rivals? It's the Dolphins and the Jets. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Sunday beginning at 1.30 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric Franson, AJ Knight, AJ Salveson, thanks for tuning in on a Thursday. This has been a lot of fun talking about different things going on in sports. We've got some coaching changes in the NBA, potential player movement. Uh, so I guess in the NBA and the Players Association today announced that they're going to extend their time for, for talks about when they can set their calendar to discuss oh. the new collective bargaining agreement. Uh, I guess they're going to give themselves until October 30th, from what I understand. Wow, so they're still coming up on that quick because that's, what, two weeks from tomorrow, right? Or uh, no, 30. Yeah, two, yeah, weeks, two from weeks from tomorrow. Dang. I thought they, that's the funny thing. I thought that they had kind of agreed to everything, right? Because the draft is in November, and then, and I thought they'd already kind of had an idea. Christmas, New Year's, start to the season. I thought they'd already kind of put some stuff in place. Well, they talked loosely about that, but they've never set a firm time, and mm-hmm. so it's looking more like 
the, well, it, first it was going to be early December. Then it was going to be started on Christmas Day. And then it was going to be 1st of January. There's some rumblings that it might not start until mid to late January at this point. So NBA is still yep. trying to figure out. I heard a really good argument year. when they first announced, I think, the bubble that said that uh, if the NBA doesn't come back by Christmas, it'll be a miss because the NBA started to turn Christmas into what the NFL's done for Thanksgiving. And you can bet that if the NBA doesn't play on Christmas year, that this M- NFL's going to be like, well, you know, since no one's here. <laughs> We've got an opening. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know about what you guys thought, but I I enjoyed the doubleheader for Monday night. Tuesday football really didn't a damn problem with that either. I, you know, the NFL is always like, you know, they're they're just going to inch closer and closer because they do the Saturday games once college football ends. They're like, you know what, football every day. <laughs> uh, yeah, Monday we've got the Chiefs and the Bills at three o'clock our time on Fox. Oh my gosh, that's NFL. super early. Three o'clock. And then the uh, later game will be 6.15 on ESPN. That'll be the wow. traditional Monday night football game. But because of having to move things around, thanks to the Titans, it's kind of how some, things are you now. You put some stank on that one. <laughs> yeah, you time. did. That little tone of voice. <laughs> hey, uh, I want to update everybody real quickly on 4A girls soccer playoffs. Uh, we had several games happening around the area. One of them went final um, well, a few of them went final while we were on the air yesterday. But a recap, uh, Skyview with an upset at Cedar Valley. It was tied 1-1, and, but Skyview wins it in a shootout. So they advance. And what do they get for winning? Number one, Ogden. And this number one Ogden team is really, really good. So Skyview's going to have their hands full on Saturday when they face them down in Ogden. Uh, Logan played Snow Canyon to a draw. Uh, unfortunately, Snow Canyon gets the shootout there. Big upset, 13 over number four. A 13 seed yeah. over a 4 seed. Semifinals bracket looking a little bit like March Madness. Yes, there's a couple different upsets. Uh, Green Canyon uh, took care of Juan Diego 4-1, to one, so they will face Pineview on Saturday in North Logan. Ridgeline beating Cedar 6-1. to one. They advance, and then Mountain Crest with an upset 2-0 at Canyon View. So it'll be Ridgeline versus Mountain Crest, that game in Millville, Saturday afternoon. Ooh, so rivalry another game Region 11 in the uh, semifinals. Matchup. Yes. Woo. So uh, there hey, are of, one, two, three, four teams in the semi in the quarterfinals um, in the uh, 4A girls soccer uh, ch- uh, tournament going on right now. That's awesome. Hey, speaking of uh, high school, um, AJ Knight, you were on the call last night with Matt Adams to to call Mountain Crest forty-one-seven blowout of Hillcrest. Uh, what did you see out of Mountain Crest offense, and uh, can they carry any of that momentum going into the state tournament? Uh, you know, they were two teams that were pretty similar. Just some quick stats for you. So uh, both teams came in on a six-game losing streak. Hillcrest averaged nine points per game. Mountain Crest averaged uh, 12 or 11. Uh, Hillcrest was giving up 36. Mountain Crest was giving up 29. Uh, and they'd both been shut out at least two times. They'd both uh, – Hillcrest, I think, had scored seven or less five times. Mountain Crest had scored eight or less seven times. They were both struggling offenses, decent defenses, and Mountain Crest just really jumped on them. They got the running game going. Uh, they were up 27-7 to at half, and then you could tell kind of by design, like, uh, unfortunately, you don't want to see any injuries, but Camden Oswald, the starting tailback, went down, and Veter, who's been, who plays both ways, but they've kind of used him sparingly on offense, took a lot of the carries in the first half, and he's their best playmaker, and so they, it really, I think, helped their offense having him kind of a full-time running back. But 
Um, you could tell in the second half by design they kind of went away from the running game. They worked on the passing game. Uh, former QBs, uh, Benson had a good game at tight end. Uh, Lee, the wide receiver, had a good closeout. And two freshman quarterbacks actually scored touchdowns for Mountain Crest before the game wow. was over. Uh, let me shout them out. Carson, Carson Thatcher ran for one, and Mason Kropf threw for one to close out that game. Very cool. Very cool. And it's a it, Hillcrest is a 5-8 school. Class right? 5A, yes. So not only did they get the win, they also get it against a higher classification. Yes. So that could prove some big dividends for them once the final RPI rankings are released. Yeah, I was talking to uh, Hurricane because against uh, Ridgeline, Mountain Crest was 20 out of 22. And I don't, I haven't seen an updated one since the Ridgeline game, but Mountain Crest was one, the only team in region that played last night. And there was someone, I guess, who follows it very closely, kind of does their own RPIs. Actually had Mountain Crest jumping from 20 to 17 just after last night's game. So we'll see. It's not official, but that's someone who apparently does it pretty, uh, follows it pretty closely and has been accurate in the past. So it'll be interesting to see because I think the cutoff is, is it 16 is the last home game? The last home seed? Because I can't remember. The first 10 are on bye. Yeah, the first 10 get a uh, first round bye. Yeah. And I think it's 11 through 16 host the first round. I think, um, and then seventy. Yes, is that right? Um, <laughs> no, I have to look at that. That bracket's so weird because it's twenty-two teams, ten teams around. I can't remember where the cutoff is, but it, I think they'll miss it. But we'll see. Yeah, I think you're right. It's eleven through sixteen, and then uh, seventeen through twenty-two. I think that's yeah, that's what I thought. I think that's right. Um, so anyway, that that won't be revealed until Saturday because there are some other classifications, other teams that are playing still. Yeah. And so uh, they're going to wait until Saturday before it's all said and done. Um, even though, if I'm not mistaken, I thought all four A teams were done last night, but I think there may be a few others. And Because if you're playing it out of the classification, and depending on what another classification does, <laughs> yeah. they have to wait until everybody's done before they can finally release the RPI. So um, those uh, playoff rankings and their seedings, that will all be revealed uh, likely on Saturday, and then we'll know what happens uh, who stays home, who goes on the road, who gets a first-round bye. So uh, a lot of different things still to be determined for, for football. Uh, volleyball uh, last night for the regular season um, for for volleyball. Well, for a lot of teams, there may still be another game that they play early next week, but uh, the uh, they're not displaying the RPI for volleyball until next week either. And yeah. so those, uh, those tournaments are going to begin pretty soon too so. yeah i'm on utah i'm on the rpi for football right now and it just it won't show it just says not available right they they uh, take it off for the final week <sighs> what what is this college football playoffs <laughs> how many teams do you think are going to get in the top 10 for region 11 the skyview and ridgeline are locks obviously yeah and think, bear river was flirting with it green canyon kind of had a strong finish uh, i think because of the way that green canyon finished i think they will sneak into that top really 10. okay because so last year what all six teams had a home game uh, obviously, was it Skyview? Was it Sky? Who had the two buys? The Skyview and Ridgeline. Mountain Crest missed. Yeah, it. they were eleven. Yeah, and then all, all the rest of them had home games, and I think Green Canyon got upset, and then everybody else moved on. So everyone except maybe Mountain Crest should have a home game. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're they're going to be Mountain Crest will definitely be on the road. Yeah, but it's just a question of how far do they go. Not uh, St. What's, what's the opponent look like? Yeah. Uh, all right, we're going to call another quick timeout here in the Full Court Press. We're going to come back and update on what's going on in Major League Baseball. We've got a game going on right now. They're in the seventh inning. We've got a game later tonight. And we also have our pick six, the six things we think might happen this weekend. 
Love to get your thoughts on it. Feel free to text in 435-339-0321 on the Full Court Press. This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance. Why buy from Daryl's? We have a great selection of scratch and dent appliances at up to 50% off. Get interest-free financing, plus you always get Daryl's outstanding service with every appliance. Daryl's West on Airport Road, open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. See Daryl's Appliance in beautiful downtown Benson. Summer heat will soon turn into rain and snow. Is the roof of your home or business prepared for another winter and spring? RoofMax by Quality Pace Roofing is a nationally recognized and approved roof rejuvenation product, saving you thousands over shingle replacement. RoofMax is a quick, easy, and affordable alternative to a complicated, expensive, and life-disrupting roof replacement, extending your asphalt shingle roof up to 15 years beyond the roof warranty. RoofMax by Quality Pace Roofing can now rejuvenate your asphalt shingle roof without replacement. Google Quality Pace Roofing or call 757-9642. This is Larry from Larry's Pharmacies. Got your flu shot yet? I recommend everyone six months and older get vaccinated. The flu is a serious disease that annually kills thousands and hospitalizes hundreds of thousands. Toddlers, young adults, and seniors are affected most. Protect yourself, those around you, and the whole valley by getting vaccinated today. Come in, no appointment necessary. Stop it in its tracks and don't pass it on. We even come to group gatherings. Thanks, Cash Valley, supporting us for 20 years. Stay well. Hi, this is Rusty Allen with LSS Insurance. Be our guest October 15th, the third Thursday at 7 p.m. Come learn about Medicare and Social Security. Planning ahead will give you the confidence you need to make these important decisions. Come see us October 15th at 7 p.m. at our office by the North Walmart. Call 752-9493. The seminar is free. The information is extremely valuable. Call 752-9493 to RSVP as seating is limited. Saturday on Compass Media Network's coverage of NCAA football. It's a primetime battle in the SEC as the second-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide hosts the third-ranked Georgia Bulldogs. Hi, this is TJ Reeve. Join Tiki, Barber, and me for all the action as these two heavyweights clash under the lights at Bryant-Denny Stadium. It's Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide, Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs. If it's college football, it's right here. Saturday beginning at 5.30 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Currently in the top of the seventh inning, uh, the Rays are trailing the Astros. Uh, Astros are up three to two, uh, one out in the top of the seventh inning. Game is on TBS. In case you want to, if you're on your way home and you're looking for that game to watch, it'll be on TBS. Cheer the Rays. <laughs> Rays and the Astros. Astros, um, uh, their bats just were more consistent last night, I felt like. Um, it's, uh, that Springer Dinger late in the game was a big one. Somebody trademark that because they really should. <laughs> they should. Uh, then later tonight, 6 o'clock, it's uh, the Dodgers and the Braves on Fox. Not FS1. It will be on Fox. And Atlanta leads that series 2-1. to one. 
how much momentum can be changed to someone? <laughs> Bless you, tight. <laughs> You know, it's funny. Uh, I, uh, Matt Adams and I, my uh, color guy from Mountain Crystal Football, we were talking a little bit about baseball last night because he showed me the score during halftime that it was like 15-1. to 1. I was like, geez. And he made a good point. He said the uh, Nuggets-Jazz series should show everyone that it doesn't matter how much you crush a team by in one game. In a series, it's still one game. Yeah, it's true. Totally true. I lose by one or yeah. lose by 20, it's still a loss. Still a game. Uh, but I, I, I told Ajay and I told Matt last night on the broadcast, I said, I felt like you could see this kind of coming because L.A. lost the first two games, but they made them interesting late, especially at the second one. Because I remember w- watching it, and it was like 7-3 to or 7-2 to in the eighth, and I was like, ah, oh, whatever. And I look back, and it's 8-7. I'm like, how did this happen? So I felt like it was coming. So that one I feel like. Uh, Ajay and I talked about this, and I think that would be an interesting follow-up question to Ajay because neither of us asked that. Which team, which leading series team would be in more trouble? Because obviously if uh, Houston wins, it's 3-2 as opposed to 2-2 if the Dodgers win. But who's going to be in more trouble, Tampa or Atlanta, if they don't win tonight? Yeah, I, I think it's Atlanta, right? Because, you're, again, you're, you're square at a series. And if you're square with the Dodgers and you give them – and when I say being square, they're behind 2-0. They're back to being 2-2. It's a brand-new series. It's now the first one to four. So instead of – I mean, you you won two in a row already. All you have to do is reset and go in two more in a row, and then you're, and then you're in. Um, just, yeah, I, if the Braves don't win tonight, they probably lose the series. Whew. I mean, the math. Eric, what are your thoughts? The math would support what you say. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I, I think that it's a. Uh, it, it puts a. Especially with the way that the Dodgers finished game two, the way they played dominant in game three, yeah. I think that their momentum is swinging on their side. If the Braves uh, don't take care of business today and allow this to get tied up, then I think LA has a lot of momentum going in their favor. It's fair. I, I think that the Rays still just need to take take care of uh, one game, and they've got several games to do that. So I think that the more pressure would be on Atlanta. Nah, the math would support that. Uh, you're probably right. I, I think – I guess the uh, better question would be, who would you feel better about coming down, coming back from down in the series, uh, the Dodgers or Houston? And I think I would still pick the Dodgers probably because Houston was kind of up and down all season. Though it's funny, you and I were talking about Altuve yesterday, and then I saw you know home run last night. Yeah, he looked good last night. He yeah. hit the ball really well. It's it's not a physical issue with him. No, no, right here. Attack uh, of conscience. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so so that's what's going on with baseball, um, and I know you guys covered that a lot earlier, uh, but uh, let's let's now shift gears a little bit to our pick six. Okay. So we're gonna do. Actually, two lines from each of us today. Normally, it's three from me, three from Ajay, but we have AJ Knight in here, uh, and so we get pardon me barging in. We get we get two lines each, and we'll definitely have to come up with a tiebreaker here uh, for this one. But um, since I was perfect last week, I had a perfect pick Bravo. six. Bravo! Uh, I'm actually going to choose to defer, and I will. Ooh, I'm going like to have uh, Ajay go first with his. First two lines for this weekend. Of course you would. Hey, so wait, did so wait. Hey, by the way, who owes who right now? I've lost count. Uh, let's see. I owed. I owed you, then you owed me, or was it the other way around? 
can't remember, man. You guys got to keep it. You owe me now. I think I owed you the week before. <laughs> but I think I broke the streak before you had to go into quarantine. <laughs> you guys just put a I whiteboard. Think I owe you. Put a whiteboard in the budget and just put it up on the wall and just keep track of tally marks. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, so I'll go first. Uh, Zach Wilton, one of the Heisman finalists as of right now uh, in the uh, NCAA football ranks. Uh, easily one of the greatest quarterbacks in BYU history um, and is making himself be well-known as the Heisman leading finalist, I should say, in the Heisman race. Uh, they play Houston tomorrow night. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say his yards against Houston. At three ten and a half over under, total yards or passing yards? Uh, passing yards. Uh, Zach Wilson passing yards at, when he's uh, at Houston at three hundred and ten yards and a half, three ten and a half. <sighs> Both these teams score. Uh, I'll take. Uh, wow. Hmm. Uh, over. I'll take over. Houston allows 31 points a game. Yeah, Houston's not – I mean, they've only had one real game. Um, I'm uh, – <laughs> I think I'm going to take the under. Probably oh, smart. no way. Yeah. I'm taking the over. They have 17 players out for tomorrow night. 17. Jeez. Well, so on the season, Wilson has 1,241 yards in four games, which divided by three is approximately 310 and a quarter. <laughs> so he's averaging. Did you do that math before, Ajay, or did you just pull that out? <laughs> Eric, uh, my strategies are none of your business. <laughs> okay, uh, do, so, do, so do, do I get my second one or do we yes. go around? Nope, okay, I do get my second one then. Okay, yeah, sorry. I wasn't sure what uh, which way we're going with this. All right, Packers at Buccaneers. This one is sexy in every way. Tom Brady, speaking of being sexy, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Oh passing yards total, okay? Passing yards total between the two quarterbacks. I'm going to set it at 575.5, over under. Um. I want to look at this one. Hold on. Uh, I'm going to... I'm going to take the over. Now, to be specific, this is between Brady and (laughs) And Rodgers. Because if some other quarterback comes in, it doesn't count. It doesn't count. Okay. We're making a note. Rodgers, Brady. (laughs) What did you you say? Five? What did you say? What was the line again? 575 and a half. Yeah, I'll take the over. Yeah, I'll take the over. Wow, really? Yeah. This one's going to okay. be a shootout. I think both of these defenses are mm, – they're not overrated because I don't – Tampa was to begin the season. They're not that good. I mean, Green Bay gave up, like, what was it, 30 points to the Falcons. Yeah, the yeah. Falcons True. without Julio. Yeah, um, I'm going to say over two. Okay. I'm a, I don't know if you wanted to go second or not, but he. I actually have one from the Bucks. Bucks Packers game as well. Okay, go for it. So Tom Brady leads the NFL in pick sixes already this year, and he has four interceptions on the season in five games. Tom Brady interceptions over under half. Because <laughs> it's going to be shootout. It's fun. Because I was going to make the argument that there's going to be a lot of passing, and it seems like when that happens, he has a bad habit of going, oops. 
Over under a half. Eric, what are you saying? Um, I'm going to take the under. I took over last time, and the Bears dropped two interceptions. Um... Sorry, that's my team. That I, I don't know how to judge those guys. I thought for sure. I started Tom Brady. I had the Pucks defense in fantasy. Then my team was like, oh, okay. Well, now we'll figure it out. I'm going to say I'm gonna say under. I'm taking the over. He's going to throw his third pick six in this game. Wait, are you saying a pick or a pick six? No, I said picks, it but just, I'm telling you it's going back oh, to the okay. house. Someone's making a house call against Brady in this one. Okay. Okay, and my second one, uh, going local on this one. So there's four Region 11 girls teams in the uh, quarterfinals. Two of them play each other, so obviously only one can make it through. Over, under to make it to the semifinals, one and a half. I'm saying over. I love our Region 11 girls soccer squads. There are two seeds that are uh, favored. Obviously, Ridgeline and uh, Green, Green Canyon? Green Eric Canyon, Cowman. yes. Yep. Those two are higher seeds. Skyview gets the one seed as the nine seed. Mountain Crest obviously gets... Uh, Wait, what was it? Two and a half? One and a half. Oh, yeah, over. I'm also taking the over. I'm going to take the over on that one. Go, Region 11! Yeah. That's, that's a good line. That's good. Uh, all right, for me, uh, number three Georgia is at number two Alabama this week, and a lot has been made about Nick Saban and not being able to, to be on the sidelines with his team. Uh, this is a simple... Um, are you going with the spread in this game? Oh, uh, currently the line is set at four and a half for Alabama. That's nuts. That's crazy. I mean, did you watch Alabama's defense uh, against Ole Miss? Because I'm pretty sure nobody did. I this couldn't see him. This is without Nick Saban too. I, I know, man. That's bonkers. So, do you take Alabama over, or you take uh, Georgia to cover? Uh, I got Georgia covering. <laughs> Yeah, I'll take George in the points. Okay, so you both are taking the under on that. Um, I'm going to take the over. No way. Can I hear a reason why? Uh, just because you guys took the unders. Oh, you got to okay. find a way to steal a point. Uh, well, and you know what? This, Even though they didn't look great against uh, Ole Miss, look, this is still a really, really, really run, well-run football program. Uh, they know that their yes. coach isn't on the sidelines. They're going to rally around him. <laughs> He's gonna. I'm now uh, I'm trying to justify my position. Who's, See, here's the thing, AJ. Here's the thing, AJ. This is what's going to happen, and this happens all the time. Eric freaking like pulls one out of his butt. Like he's he's doing it just because he's trying to spite me, or you know, you know, un, just cause a little bit of chaos, and then he ends up winning it. Now, um, I used to. Uh, um, we got to come up with like a name for this. Like you got the pants by Eric. Okay, that's what it would be. You got the pants by Eric when he pulls one out of his bike because he picked it because we picked over and he wants to pick under or whatever, and he ends up winning. You got the pants. That's what it would be called. Good to know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Nick Saban's just going to Hugh Freeze it like at Liberty. He's going to be in the hospital bed calling him up and still making the play calls. Could you imagine a player like coming off the sideline after making a mistake and then the assistant coach is like, hey, Nick's FaceTiming you. Look at the phone. <laughs> Look, go get the iPad right oh, now. Oh, I'd hate that. <laughs> oh, I'd hate that. 
All right, my last line is uh, there's a a really good Monday night game. It's the Chiefs and the Bills. Uh, Bills didn't look great against Tennessee. My favorite, my favorite saying: they got their teeth kicked in by the Titans. Yes, that was an. So the Bills haven't had a lot of time. They'll have a short week to get ready for for Kansas City. Sort of. I mean, they played on Tuesday. They'll play on Monday. So it's not that bad. Kansas City had a big loss too. Uh, they did. It was kind of a surprising loss. So this is an opportunity as a rebound game for both. Um, but for me, uh, what I'm going to be looking for is which team's going to have the more rushing yards. I think we focus a lot on these quarterbacks, but which team is going to have more rushing yards? Kansas City or Buffalo? I mean, I'm going to take Buffalo because I was just listening to a preview uh, of uh, on. Uh, FS1, they were talking about the potential of uh, Bell signing in with Kansas City, which he's supposed to, and they and then they were discussing it on the, the Gottlieb show, and they said, well, why would they sign him? And they said, well, we don't know, because Clyde Edward-Hilaire is really talented. They were never really out of the game against the Raiders. The Raiders just kept scoring, and they ran the ball ten times. So you're taking Buffalo. I'll take Buffalo. They'll commit to it. Okay. Ajay? So wait, what's the line again? Which team will have more rushing yards, Kansas City or Buffalo? Oh, Buffalo. I'm going to take Kansas City you because crazy. we took Buffalo. Yeah. It's the different, the indifferent pick. <laughs> uh, that's our pick six. We've got to uh, call a quick timeout here in the full court press when we come back. Some final thoughts. The Logan Gift Show is now accepting applications for the 2020 show. This year's gift show is November 6th and 7th at the Riverwoods Conference Center. We would love to have your creative, unique, festive, and one-of-a-kind gift ideas. It's all about fun, style, and quality. Amazing food, demonstrations, ideas, and your business will help deliver a gift show to remember. Visit with thousands of people looking for gift ideas and fun holiday cheer. Go to LoganGiftShow.com. That's LoganGiftShow.com. For details or call 752-1390 for more information. Sponsored by the Cash Valley Media Group. Hi, my name is Josh Watts, and for three generations, Preston Watts Collision Glass has taken care of all your collision and auto glass needs. Windshield replacement is just one of our specialties. We have certified technicians and the most competitive prices in the valley. We will waive up to $100 off your insurance deductible, give you free rock chip repairs, and to top it off, we'll wash your vehicle inside and out with your windshield replacement. Give us a call at 563-3215. At Preston Watts, we do it right. The new home for the full court press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. It's in the bottom of the seventh, and the Astros still lead the Rays 3-2 to two later Ooh. tonight with the runner on second. Eric, I am guaranteeing a game four win for my Braves. I guarantee. You get so what if you lose that guarantee? How are he, you backing this guarantee? He loses a point on the pick six automatically. One in the hole. Oh wait, we need a we need a tiebreaker. We need a tiebreaker. Uh, what's a good tiebreaker? Braves. AJ, dogs. help us. Uh, will there be uh, which well which team finishes which team wins? Because by the time we return on Monday, we'll probably have a series oh, done. Oh, a series? Oh. Oh, no. But which series? Well, let's go National League. Dodgers. Dodgers. <laughs> I guarantee it. Oh, my. What in the world just happened? Dodgers <laughs> will win the series. 
That's not a tiebreaker if we all pick it. That's not how this works. What just happened? Mind games. <laughs> oh my. Oh my. I need to go. I need to. What is going on? 